Hello, and welcome to Grim and Whim, unnerving tales to haunt, mystify, and spark curiosity. Let's be curious together. Welcome back to the All-American Haunted Road Trip, Part 6. Today we will be looking at six states that make up the deep south of the United States. There will be three more episodes of The Haunted Road Trip, and then the series will sadly be concluded. But with that, let's begin. First, let's start with the state of Louisiana, because if you want to go ghost hunting, Louisiana could be your best bet to find some really paranormal activity. Reportedly, housing 12 different spirits, the Myrtles Plantation in St. Francisville, Louisiana, has been named one of the most haunted places in America. The plantation was built in 1796 by General David Bradford, who went by Whiskey Dave. His daughter Sarah took over the plantation with her husband, Clark Woodruff, in 1808. Today, the plantation serves as a bed and breakfast, with a reputation for both great service and lots of paranormal activity. The most famous spirit on the plantation is named Chloe, a servant in the Woodruff household who was lynched for poisoning the children in her care with a cake that she made. Photographs taken in 1992 showed the ghostly figure of the servant girl, Chloe, standing between the buildings. Guests and staff have also claimed to have seen the two children that she murdered wandering around on the property. Another spirit you might see on the plantation is William Winter, who was a lawyer who was murdered on the property. Visitors and employees claim that you can still hear his dying footsteps dragging up the stairs where his body was found. Our next stop is Eureka Springs, Arkansas, and it has a hotel that has actually been featured on Sci-Fi's Ghost Hunters, Paranormal Witness, and the Travel Channel's Ghost Adventures. The hotel in question is named the Crescent Hotel, and it has both a very tragic and also very interesting history. The Crescent Hotel was built in 1886 near Natural Hot Springs as a luxury health retreat. The lore says that an Irish carpenter fell to his death from room 218 during construction. It is said that his ghost still haunts room 218 to this day. Later, the building became a woman's college where a young woman fell or could have possibly been pushed to her death from a top story window. Then in 1937, a doctor who is really a quack named Norman Baker bought the Crescent and turned it into a hospital. Baker claimed that he could cure cancer, but in reality, the man had no legitimate medical training and many patients died under his care. His treatments were often barbaric and very painful, such as drilling holes in patients' skulls, performing 
basement surgeries and other medical methods that were not backed by the medical community and were illegal to perform. I don't even think that there was a record of any kind of nursing staff or anybody who was, you know, in the room with him doing these surgeries. So left to his own devices, I can't even imagine the horrific experiences his patients faced, if they even survived and lived to tell the tale. From the sound of it, it seemed more like Baker was just a mad scientist experimenting on patients than an actual doctor caring for their well-being. Recently, archaeologists excavated Baker's medical tools, and to say that they were barbaric is an understatement. The hotel is now said to be haunted by Baker's former patients, and the staff and guests have reported terrifying happenings, including hands coming out of bathroom mirrors, cries of pain, the sounds of gurneys rattling down the hallways, and then doors slamming shut on their own. The staff have even seen pots and pans flying around the kitchen, sort of like a scene from the first uh, Paranormal Activity movie. And spirits or apparitions are frequently spotted in Victorian-style clothing in the dining room of the hotel. Our next stop is a very, very creepy bridge in the state of Mississippi. It's called Stuckey's Bridge, and it's located about 12 miles southwest of Meridian. And this bridge is quite the sight. It, it seriously looks like it was just pulled from a horror movie. And, and I could imagine filmmakers um, or directors wanting to use this bridge as a site to do some filming um, for a horror movie because it just it really looks the part it's very creepy and it crosses the chunky river and according to the local lore old man stucky who is the namesake for stucky's bridge of course um this man was a member of the infamous dalton gang and this gang what they would do is they would lure travelers to a nearby inn and basically the guests um you know they just thought that this was you know a regular you know just plain old inn but basically they had the gang had this setup where they would be able to very easily rob murder and bury their victims in shallow riverside graves and the bridge um, is actually where Stucky um, was caught. I don't know if the rest of the gang members were caught, but Stucky, old man Stucky, he was definitely caught. And the authorities, when they caught him, um, they actually lynched him and hung his body from the bridge. And so reportedly by the locals, um, old man Stucky haunts this bridge and the bridge was actually featured on the travel channels 
most terrifying places in America in 2018. According to the rumors, um, Old Man Stucky haunts the bridge and you can oftentimes see visions of his lifeless corpse hanging from the bridge. Um, you might also hear loud splashes um, from the water, but like nothing actually falls into the water. But the, um, the splash that you might be hearing is representing when they eventually cut the noose and his body fell, you know, from a great height and then fell into the river. And you might also see a old man carrying a lantern along the river's edge. And this man is supposed to be old man Stucky because apparently he would often do that where he would walk across, you know, this bridge holding a lantern. Next on our list is the Sloss Furnaces in Birmingham, Alabama, which has a bone-chilling history. In the years following the Civil War, Birmingham's Sloss Furnaces became the spot to acquire pig iron, which was needed for thousands of steel products all around the country. The furnaces' products were in high demand, which was great for the company, but as history has shown, capitalistic ventures are often great for the CEOs and their wallets, but not so great for the workers. During this industrial boom, many workers were required to work extra long hours, and the safety regulations were few and far between. In the early 1900s, James Wormwood, who was a foreman of the graveyard shift between sunset and sunrise at the furnaces, led a group of over 100 workers who lived in cramped housing on the furnace site, and he forced them to take dangerous risks to speed up production. Like I said, what they were providing these steel products, they were in high demand. And so they needed the workers to work lots of long hours and produce as much as they can to get the product out there, you know, to the buyers so that they can make as much money as possible. But due to the company and the foreman's selfishness and greed, 47 of the workers lost their lives, and numerous others often lost their ability to work due to horrific accidents, such as explosions um, or accidents that had to do with negligence and not adhering to proper safety regulations. And when you're working with steel, those safety regulations are super important. And so because of the negligence, six workers actually were blinded by an explosion. And the rumor is that the steel workers were fed up with the working conditions, rightfully so. So they actually fed Wormwood, the foreman, into one of the furnaces 
um, an October night in 1906. After this horrific incident, the workers continuously complained of some sort of unnatural presence in the worksite. And some even complained of being pushed from behind um, or being told by a mysterious voice to get back to work. Three supervisors were even found unconscious and they were locked in a small boiler room only to emerge with stories of a terrifying burnt man who shouted at them to push more steel. There have been more than 100 reports of paranormal activity at Sloss Furnaces in the Birmingham police records, which is why it was named one of Fox's paranormal team's scariest places to visit. Next, let's look at Lake Lanier in northern Georgia. While thousands of people flock to visit Lake Lanier every year, the locals know the haunting history behind this deadly lake. There have been countless drownings, boating accidents, and other serious injuries. More than 200 people have died either swimming or by a boating accident on this lake since 1994. So while the lake is a recreational hotspot, some of the locals will say that it is downright haunted and just to stay away. When Lake Lanier was created in the 1950s by flooding valley communities that actually contained a cemetery, there was a lot of rumors going around that the area was cursed and what continued to fuel the belief that the lake was cursed is that historians actually have stated that there were unmarked graves and other structures that had been swallowed up by the flooding and because you know the flooding was done purposely um, to create this lake, many believe that the souls that were on this property in this valley um, are now haunting the lake and causing all this chaos because of the disrespectful actions done to their resting site. Due to Lake Lanier's infamous history, the Netflix drama Ozark, which has its own infamously high body count. They actually film quite a bit of the scenes at Lake Lanier. And over the years, there have been many divers who have filmed their experiences exploring the lake and all its creepy contents. Everything from creepy sunken houseboats to catfish as big as a Volkswagen have been found during these explorations. But if you aren't interested in underwater exploration, which I completely understand because I am not a fan of dark water or any type of 
lake situation, um, you can find things equally as frightening above the water. One of the lake one of Lake Lanier's most popular urban legends involves a car wreck where a Ford sedan carrying two women careened off a bridge in April 1958 and the car tumbled into the lake. And some say the ghost of one of the women, dubbed the Lady of the Lake, wanders the bridge at night in a blue dress, appearing lost and restless. So if you are interested in a very eerie place to visit, or if you're a fan of Ozark, which I need to get into that show, I've heard it is absolutely amazing. I plan on watching it. I know the cast is fantastic. Um, and the storytelling is apparently amazing. But if you're interested in seeing, you know, some of the places that they filmed, Lake Lanier might be a great place to visit. If you're a fan of the show, or if you're also just a fan of creepy haunted places. Finally, our last stop is the state of Tennessee, home to one of my personal favorite urban legends, the Bell Witch. I really should do an entire episode on the Bell Witch, but to summarize, Kate Batts is allegedly the witch who haunted John Bell and his family, especially their daughter, Betsy Bell. Kate believed that the Bell family had cheated her out of a land deal. And so when she later died, these strange occurrences began, like sounds of rats gnawing on the Bell family's bedposts and strange knocking sounds, the sounds of chains being dragged throughout the house, as well as stones um, being found on their wooden floors, just completely out of nowhere, and the sounds of someone being gagged and, you know, that choking sound, as well as strange-looking animals just lurking around on the property. The Bell family was absolutely terrorized, and the town began to think that perhaps Kate Batts had cursed the family, and they theorized that because she was so angry at the family, that perhaps she had made some kind of deal with the devil to be able to terrorize them even after death. According to the locals, Kate Batts currently haunts the Bell Witch Cave, which is actually open for tours, and I would love to visit one day. Um, one, because I do find caves to be incredibly interesting. I do want to do an episode one day about different cave stories because there's a lot of interesting stories. Um, even in my hometown, there was a really interesting, very sad and tragic story um, about... Um, people who actually uh, drowned while spelunking in a cave. Um, I don't believe that they were there 
legally. They did it illegally and they were trespassing and it rained. And unfortunately, um, the people that were down there got stuck and they weren't able to escape and they eventually drowned. And there are a lot of other really tragic um, and also very interesting and strange stories about caves. So the Bell Witch Cave is definitely a place I want to visit one day and I would love to tour. Um, And you can actually also go visit John Bell's um, farmhouse where the paranormal activities occurred and where the Bell family um, had all these strange, you know, occurrences happening to them. And um, according to the local, you know, the legends and the rumors that, you know, go around this town, um, the Bell family, you know, they were reporting seeing these things, but there were also like neighbors and other people who also witnessed some of this strange activity happening at the house. And so there was quite a bit of witnesses. And yeah, you can actually visit John Bell's home. And who knows, you might end up having your own paranormal or just strange experience while you're there. Thank you so much for joining me. It's goodbye for now, but I hope to haunt you again soon. If you have your own scary story or a strange encounter or anything else that falls under the umbrella of mysterious or chilling or spooky, you can type it out and please send it to grimandwhim at gmail.com. That's G-R-I-M-A-N-D-W-H-I-M at gmail.com.